hail our fair Riverdale. Register. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the season premiere of the of final, final season, season of final the, season premiere. The final season premiere of the Riverdale Register, season seven. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. It's been so unbelievably long. I actually don't even really remember that we had a podcast about Riverdale. I was, as it was coming, I was like, oh, I'm so glad that podcast I like is going to start back I know. Up. And then yeah. I realized. Oh, um, God. We have to do oh, it. Oh, no. We have to make the whole podcast. <laughs> that sucks. Wow. Well, I guess but now we're. We Last podcast on the block, I think. <laughs> That's so crazy. Oh, my gosh. Well, we're so happy to be with you. Because we're actually on your commute, bike ride, walk around the neighborhood. Whatever it is, people. Where do you listen to podcasts? I listen when I'm on a walk. I think it's dangerous to listen to anything when you're bike riding, but I know that that's like not a thing other people feel. Mm. But I just feel like bikes are inherently unsafe. Oh, bicycle accidents happen. Oh, like with cars. Bikes on their own are kind of okay. Spin bikes are the safest of all. What do we do? What has been like a year since we've done this podcast? Has it really? Right? It hasn't been that long, but it's been like nine months. Yeah, it feels like a like I think an sept- eternity. September, I think. And then and then I was going into this season being like, well, at least it'll be one nice short final season at Riverdale. And then every single person I've known has been like, I don't think it's short, John. No. And I'm like, no, that's crazy. This yes. kind of plot. <laughs> why would you pick it up for anything more than like 13 to 15 episodes? Because like to do a 20 episode season in the 50s sounds like a, uh, uh, so there's 20 episodes in this final season. Yeah, but you know what? It's going to be great. So we're going to be here. For 20 episodes. We'll wrap this, this sucker out. Yeah. Well, uh, John, who who wrote this episode? That's a great question. That's a yeah. great question. Would you believe that the showrunner co-wrote this episode? And and his name is... His name is uh, Ro- Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. Oh, and my gosh. You know what's really messed up is I still don't feel positive about that pronunciation this many years in. I do think that's true. I think that's right, though. Okay. <laughs> I do. I think it's right. Uh, it was co-written between him and uh, Danielle Iman. Oh, I follow her on Twitter. Oh, that's really cool. Is yeah. it shocking that I follow writers of Riverdale on Twitter well, now? Well, I but guess it's, it's cool. usually when I when I when I ask you, it's never because they write for Riverdale. That you well, follow. yeah, usually it's like, well, I feel like I just follow a lot right, of writers. Because she wrote on Pretty Little Liars original sin. I think that she wrote on Riverdale beforehand, but I could be wrong. Did no, could, you're you're probably right. Yeah, because what did you follow her because she wrote on Pretty Little Liars original sin? You know, I sometimes just click that follow button. <laughs> I don't know. And Twitter, who knows what Twitter's going to be in a few days. <laughs> I wonder if I lost my verification status. I didn't Does check that. Does anything mean anything? I don't know. What's no. what's going on on Twitter anymore? Hey, look who still has that blue check mark. <laughs> and you're not paying for it. No, definitely not paying for it. That would be embarrassing. <laughs> no, I'm not paying for it. I'm genuinely yeah, not paying you... for it. I would not do that. Just because that feels like a huge waste of money considering I think it's going to collapse in like five seconds. And yet you stay. And yet I stay. I don't really... You know, if you left, mm. it would help it collapse faster. Yeah, I don't know if I like... The thing is, I'm just kind of really hoping somebody just goes to Elon and taps him on the shoulder and then, like, moves him out of it. And then Moves him out of it? He well, owns it. I know. You're, what you're asking for <laughs> is for someone else to look at what he's done and be like, I'll buy that. Right. I guess that's more of how that and works. And that's not going to happen. I know. It's a bummer. This episode was directed by Ron Paul Richard. He is a cinematographer who... His only directing credits are for episodes of Riverdale. I would... Ooh. Expect he's probably the regular cinematographer on the show who, if there's, like, luck in the schedule or if they, if something falls through, he's a guy they can quickly tap to be like, can you direct an episode But of this show? is a pretty big episode, I would think, to direct. 
Like, Why? just because it's a very different aesthetic, you know. I I think the thing that shocked me most about this episode was how, for all intents and purposes, it wasn't that different. I guess I was expecting yeah, a premiere that was like, "Welcome to the New World Order," and it was more like an episode of Riverdale, but with a different filter on it. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, it's really more the styling than the shooting style, like, right? You know. Yeah, when we were watching it, because we, we watched it together, I think uh, some people uh, noticed that they were using maybe different lenses to shoot stuff, which is kind of cool that is a cinematographer's eye yeah. to do that, to be like, we're going to shoot it differently or using different technology because of the time period it's set in. Well, I'm very excited about this episode. Would you like to know what it's called? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay, so it's called Don't Worry Darling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Don't Worry Darling was pretty much like the thing that I had on my mind in between the Riverdale. It was like Riverdale ended, and then I thought about Don't Worry Darling for the rest of that time. That so. was really healthy, and that definitely um, <laughs> was, a, was, a, was a, a, a sane way to enter that movie, yes. and, and a way to have the proper expectations for that movie. So, okay, so backstory. I read the script for Don't Worry Darling that was on the blacklist, like, I don't know, like three or four years ago. Right, you sent me that one. And I was like... Worse. I was like, this is not my favorite script in the world because I feel like there's a lot of plot holes. However, I know I knew that Katie Silverman was coming in and doing basically a basically adapting the the script. That's the only way I can really describe it. I think it's just another draft of the script. Well, yeah. So Olivia <laughs> Wilde said this thing that was like, oh, she basically like adapted it like it was like a great piece of IP, and then people were very mad about that. Like that's yeah. just. That's just words, but like... Yes, it's just words. You write another... Tra- that's just how that works. That's just a way to describe Yes, but doing a page one rewrite. It really does not feel like they took much of anything from the original script except for the general concept. Right. And of course, so, just for the record, Don't Worry Darling is a 2022 film. Yes, <laughs> directed by Olivia Wilde and written by Katie Silverman. So, sorry, Florence Pugh and Harry Styles. Have right. you heard of him? About. <laughs> and it is about a woman, um, or it's about a couple, I guess, living in an idealized uh, desert city called Victory. And right. Victory is Palm Springs. It's shot in Palm Springs. And it's all very mid-century. Not quite 50s, 60s, 70s, but a little bit of all Yes, of it. it doesn't really... It feels kind of like, oh, this feels like it could be the... It could be, but it's never... You know, no pop culture references to anything right. in those time periods. It's very, like, kind of out of time. But mm-hmm. also no iPhones, no, like, modern technology right. either. So it looks... It's a absolutely gorgeously shot and uh, styled and, you know, costume design movie. But... You know, of course, it's like this idealistic world. Not so, not so ideal. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you guys haven't seen it, I'm sure you already know the twist, but... If you've ever seen a movie before... You'll know what it is. You'll know the twist. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll know it very early. But it's a fun movie, I think. Like, it's very watchable. But I think the reason they chose, obviously, Don't Worry Darling is because suddenly we're back in the 50s um, or 60s, I guess, in this case... Right. Um, and Jughead is the only one who is like, oh man, something weird is going on here. So you can kind of see how it parallels like right. Florence Pugh's character. It also, I don't know, I think it's kind of funny how because Riverdale has to be named after real things, if they choose to go after something modern, it can be an issue when they name it versus when it releases. What do you mean? Like, I, I just think it's like, you know, there was a reason Roberto tweeted out 
the title of this episode months ago when the movie Don't Worry Darling released. Sure. Because now it's not even in the cultural conversation anymore. And so you're like, okay, what was that movie about a little bit? Oh, um, see, no, I've been thinking about it this whole time, but I realize normal great. people. Great, then we can talk about how this episode isn't much like <laughs> that movie at all. I mean, I think it is, I understand where the title came from. I do think that there are very clear parallels, but it's not, it's not, oh, we're all in a, spoiler alert, a simulation right. by misogynist. <clears throat> Jughead's not trying to escape. You don't think? I think he's trying to escape. It opens with him being like, it's been two days and I'm here I am. I live here now. Jughead's not actually um, good at escape. He's not actually good at the follow through. But he's trying He's trying to figure out what's going on. Like, it's not like he's like, I have decided 50s for me. All right. This episode, I broke down into three different storylines. We do okay. have the first one, which is uh, what the fuck is going on. Okay. Uh, then we have, oh, but it's so well written. Which one? Oh, Say, the poem? With, yeah, with like a racist uh, tone of voice. Oh, God, okay. Uh, uh, and, oh, it's Veronica? Okay, yeah. Uh, let's see if that was Veronica. Okay. Last season ended with the morning of James Dean's car crash, which for children in the 50s apparently was huge. If, I could believe that. I remember from watching Rebel Without a Cause and like some film classes, them talking about how the idea of the teenager didn't really exist until the 50s and until, and that movie really codified a lot of stuff that teenagers are dealing with where it's like they just feel trapped and they want to be adults, but they don't want to be. And it's like, oh, what a mess. And so like James (laughs) Dean was the archetypical teenager who died. And it's also like, for America, it is their version of uh, uh, Jason Blossom dying. So given all of that, Mary Andrews does not want Archie driving his uh, jalopy, which is now painted like so <laughs> real fire on the sides and stuff. I believe him when she, when he's like, it doesn't even go that fast. I'm like, how could it possibly go yeah, that fast? Because it's a picture car. It like maxes out at 35. It's just absolutely insane that they couldn't give him a convertible. It's funny that it also, but it looks like cleaner and nicer. It, in, do- it in does. This. But- it's more era appropriate now. I guess, but it's just so... It literally looks like the car like that Gatsby drove. I like, just... I, it's just weird. This has been a thing that you singled out so early on as being like a major sticking point, and I think it's kind of neat that he drives that car. I'm sorry, John, but like you, you're a person living right? in 2023. Yeah. I show up and I'm like, John, I have a gift for you. Uh-huh. It's this car. Wow. What do you say to me? Thank you. Really? You say thank you? That's a cool car. What are you going to do with it? Mostly keep in the garage and then drive it out sometimes on nice days. Okay. Well, I'll keep that in mind. Your birthday's coming up. But, like, you know, I just think that it's a... I, I just wouldn't be that happy about it if I was RT. I don't know. Not to be a hater. Why? Because it's a, it's not a car. But, like, <laughs> like, you know, I, grew like up, I grew up in the suburbs. And so like, did I. And, like, you know, everywhere I drove was usually 15 to 30 minutes away to a friend's house. And during the summers, I'd have the windows down the entire time. If I had, like, a, some, like, a retro car that's also a convertible... During a few, during like a human New Jersey summer, I'd be having the time of my life. You know what, Sean? That's a beautiful way. I worked to at put a pool it. too, so yeah, <laughs> you did have a kind of getting a nice, the car wet. Yeah, that's, you're like it'll dry so fast. Yeah, I drove a Nissan Maxima, and I wouldn't let Allison, my sister, put on. I'm telling that to them. I know you know. Uh-huh. I wouldn't let uh, Allison put on the air conditioning sometimes because I was like, I think it wastes gas. 
So that was my, that was how I lived. You like tell yourselves these things and then you're, and that's a fact because I said it and I trust me. Yeah, it's totally fine. I think I, I was very annoying about it. Cause I was like, this is how a, co- a car owner would be. <laughs> yeah. Archie rides his bike to school, which is a fun moment and Cute. very fun to think KJ is a father. I know. There he is in his, in his varsity jacket biking to school. Which is also kind of fun for the time period because in the 50s, teenagers in film were played by people they much were, older than they now. They were played by people much older, but also I feel like they were they looked older even if they were young. Yeah. Like a 50s there teenager a, looks older. There was a certain sense of like the fashion trends was to look more mature. Yes. Right? Yes. And more mature to us now in our time period looks equals things old people had. So yeah. it like makes them look older in a different way. There is definitely a psychology behind that that I don't understand, but it is weird to me. Yeah. So uh, Principal Featherhead, our new white principal for a different time period, mm-hmm. uh, uh, interrupts class to personally introduce a starlet from Hollywood. Before you get too excited, it is Veronica Lodge. <laughs> Sorry, Veronica. This season, she'll be making Los Angeles references instead of New York references. I hope you're excited for that. You know, I didn't even think about that, but yes, that mm-hmm. is exactly the difference. That is the difference. That's, that life. was the, in the writer's room, they're like, I have a great new idea for Veronica. And they're like, I'm going to stop you right there. We've done the casino before. <laughs> and they said, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, <okay>. Two letters. <laughs> Second idea. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. She will be opening a casino eventually, but... We'll figure out you know, that down the line. Her parents are the stars of Oh Miha, which is uh, <laughs> a, a fun take on I Love Lucy because if Veronica is the ethnicity she is, that is the show from the era. Right, it would make with sense. Like a, yeah. It would make a lot of sense. So she says she is in town to study for her upcoming role in Our Town. What is Our Town? Our Town is a play. And it and then in this universe, it's a movie. It does become adapted as a movie. Um, but it's basically about a small town and, like, the teenagers and adults who live in the town. So it's very, like, you can see the Riverdale connections. But there wasn't a 50s set Our Town there movie was, musical? There was, but Natalie Wood is not in it. <gasps> it's also not a musical. It's mm. a, it's just a, a stage play. Which I thought was funny that it was like, Natalie, we're going to get there. Natalie Wood ends up in Our yeah, Town. Yeah, what, what the hell, man? I know. It's very strange. There was a 1940 film, and then there was a 1977 like television movie. So I'm assuming that this is a, in this version, it's a remake of the play? Or a remake of the movie? Or it's just an adaptation. Yeah, well, yes. I, I don't think the sense. word remake existed yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, because there probably wasn't... Well, I don't know, because there was a... There's a Star is Born, and that was remade. The first Star is Born came out in, like, the 30s, I think. I don't know why people are obsessed with that movie being remade. And I understand why, actually. I love that movie. But there was 1930. Which one? Which one? I like the original, and I like the new one. And mm. I did not see the other two in between. So there's, like... Oh, the there's original two. original. Yeah, That's the original probably. original is good. But then there's a 1954 one. It works out, timelines. We have a Julian now. We'll get to that, but <laughs> Julian and Archie are excited to welcome Veronica into their friend group, and she's she totally caught everybody's names except for Cheryl. Cheryl, Cheryl the delivery. It's very fun. Madeline is playing a very different Cheryl this season, 
and I know she plays a very different Cheryl every episode. Right, exactly. <laughs> but there, yeah, there's something like under the skin that she's doing differently. I don't know. It's good. Kevin. This is Kevin's scene for the episode. Yeah. Uh, Kevin asks if Veronica knew James Dean. And Veronica says they went skinny dipping together. She was like, yes, and he was bisexual. That was basically the right. immediate thing that she She's thought. like, and of course he's bi. And Kevin's like, you, what? <laughs> you can do that? And Cheryl says, you can't do that. <laughs> so Cheryl's um, like, oof. Everyone in every one of our characters in the 50s is basically on the same wavelength as they are today with what is right and what is wrong, except for every character who would be closeted. And they're all the ones with issues. Well, I will say it is interesting because it's, yes. So we still think that both Cheryl and Kevin are closeted right now. As opposed to this is just a different version of... Cheryl. I don't, I, I, I'm pretty sure that those are like fundamental to their beings at this point. That's how and I it's feel not too. something, I, this show specifically would never release a different season where they're like, everyone's straight now. That is true. No, that is true. Uh, I am curious how it's going to all play out. I'm sure Kevin's going back to the woods. I don't really know what's going on with Cheryl, but I'm excited to find out. Mm. Archie offers to walk Veronica home after school and she says she doesn't walk. It's not her vibe. Great. So she rides <laughs> with Julian in Julian's car, who then leaves Cheryl behind with Archie. And I got excited because I know in the ads for this season, Cheryl and Archie are like kind of it's a thing. Because in the comics, Cheryl was introduced to be like the third option. And then everyone was like, I guess, no, she's a psychopath. But um, <laughs> well, in the- I thought they might have a scene together of walking for a while and actually talking for once in seven years. But uh, <laughs> no, not here either. <laughs> Well, I think in the in the comics, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Cheryl like kind of nice originally and like loved animals? Oh gosh, I don't actually know. I think she because I didn't really know Cheryl existed because she wasn't you know they, she was they, a main. Betty and Veronica is a whole separate comic book. You yeah, know? it's a whole thing. But Cheryl, I think, was introduced like significantly later. I think so. Uh, yeah, I, I like by the time she popped up in the Mark Wade run, I had kind of stopped reading that because this had started. Right, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I, I am very curious about what's going to happen with these mm-hmm. two. There is a shot of Veronica riding away in the car that does come dangerously close to uh, showing how the school is just a facade on a soundstage. <laughs> but it doesn't quite get there. There's like there's like a full on elephant door in the background that someone spray painted shop class onto <laughs> to be like that's not a soundstage door. Look away! Look away! Next time Veronica's coming back to school, Archie's out front. He's got his car. He's like, what are you going to do, Caitlin? It's here. I'm going to drive it. <laughs> he looks directly <laughs> at the camera and says that. It's just really weird. Yeah. And then Jughead kind of like presses by. He's like, hey, can you guys come by my plot next time you have a chance? We'll talk about that later. Cool. Uh, also, Penelope is here. Love that for her. This is your one scene with Penelope. She delivers, quote, inane movie magazines mm. to the teens. Where Cheryl learns who the star of our town truly is. Now, I just want to say something. If you're going to lie, lie about something that does not seem very easily debunked. I think about this literally all the time. (laughs) I'm like, you could have said anything. You could have said a movie, a super secret movie that I cannot announce yet. (laughs) Right. Would have been easier. (laughs) I mean, modern day, you'd just be like, I signed an NDA. Exactly. Perfect. (laughs) And And then we would be fine. But this is Veronica. Veronica can't not name drop. If she's going to lie 
about being in a <laughs> movie. It has to be a movie that people are excited for. That is true. Veronica is insufferable most, most of the it time. It would have been funny if the magazine she, she pulled out said, Our Town, definitely not getting a movie adaptation right never, now. Never again. If anyone tells you that, <laughs> they're a liar. False. They're They're a liar. And this won't happen until the seventies or whatever. <laughs> this is what happened. So uh, Veronica and Archie go on a date together. Even you know, I when she did the New York references before, I would do my best. I could pick up on a little bit. We're talking golden age of Hollywood references. My guy is—it's all over his head. His perfect flat top, red hair. <laughs> oh, so did you? Did you get? Did you catch certain things? Mm-hmm. So a brown derby is a restaurant that literally looks like a brown derby hat. So it's like domed and it looks like a hat. Huh. Like it literally looks like a hat. <laughs> it's actually a very cool architecture, but like everything in LA at one point like looked like that. Like it looked very like not campy, but I don't know how you describe it. Like very like, like if it was supposed to be like a ice cream cone, it was literally an ice cream cone. Right. It was... Oh, so like there's that one bar we go to that's shaped like a barrel. Yes. Very. Yes. I w- I'm not sure when that was made, but that's like the same concept i see yeah and the chateau marmaduke chateau marmaduke the is, dog marmaduke is the is the restaurant shaped like the dog no yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually it's the chateau marmont easily the most um ghost like place that i've ever been to in my mind it's like very unsettling being other there. than your mind well actually, the most twisted place in the world actually other than the the house where sharon tate died or the property where i also went there once and that was very spooky also but that's a story for a different podcast i'm so lost right now yeah no it's fine but haunted places in la chateau marmont actually feel very weird vibes there so you're veronica right now and i'm archie yeah over the head it's fine uh and she asks what archie's deal is and he's like car sports pops river not not guitar did you notice not I hate guitar and football, <laughs> and I don't want to choose between them and family. <laughs> exactly. Wow, that was such a problem for him once in a lot of time. He, uh, about. he says he used to fish with his dad, but this version of Fred died in Korea. Oh, God, that's so sad. And, you know, as soon as he gets all tragic in front of her, Veronica's like, mommy like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's just it's like... just, you know, she's so drawn to Archie, and it's always like, why? And it's like, he's sad in front of her. And then she's like, this is my guy. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Oof. Uh, Cheryl enters and yells, J'accuse, which is <laughs> always fun. <laughs> <laughs> Do they not like each other? Like, I, I don't It just seems always... Do Cheryl and Veronica not like each because other? Because sometimes they're opening bars together, and other times it's like, you well, know... this version of Cheryl doesn't like Veronica. I know, it's just very weird. But also, Veronica came in and purposely was like, I don't know your name. Which feels like a, a, a power move, you know? I do hate when people do that to yeah. me. Archie comforts Veronica, and she admits that Cheryl isn't wrong. Veronica's parents banished her after she was involved in James Dean's car accident. I mean, to be fair, she's not. Well, she didn't really do that much. She was just there cheering him on. As she he... was, yeah, she was just present in yeah. a different vehicle. I feel like that's not her fault. Well,. All the moms are freaked out about car accidents this week. That's true. Uh, uh, and apparently her parents love their show more than her. She's just also sad, which for Archie is like, oh, daddy like. <laughs> yeah. Also, she lives at a hotel by herself. Like, yeah, yeah. No, not even the Smithers this time around. A lot of the kids just don't have parents now. I think that's, yeah. I mean, it makes things a little bit less complicated, but it is like, 
I don't think you can do that. <laughs> I guess you can, but... I, I, I bet it was easier back then, to yeah, be honest. I honestly don't know. Mary catches Archie sneaking in. She saw he took the car out, and he's grounded. And she can't lose him like she lost his father. Aww. And Archie promises he'll be good and slow the car down. He won't. No. That's a lie. It is also like, how right is she in this argument? This feels like another like birth of the teenager thing where it's like, he should be allowed to... I'm sure if he I... has a license, he can drive his car. Like, Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like at what point are, are you, do you let you're him You're scared because car? James Dean got in a car accident in California like my son in Riverdale. Mm-mm. He can't I, be out there. I guess I could see being anxious as a parent, but she is definitely overreacting. Yeah. Somebody else plays Ronnie on the show, Omiha, and it seems like Veronica is not a fan of them. That would that would be hard, though. Yeah. yeah. That would suck. Hermione calls with an incredible mid-Atlantic accent <laughs> to tell Veronica not to spend time with Archie. It's like, I heard you spend time with Archie Andrews. Stop it. Okay, mom thinks maybe you try to parent, though. And then when Veronica is leaving school at the end of the episode, the boys are at it again. They got their cars out front. She says she sees two paths before her, and she decides to walk home, oh. which... Just means wow. Archie wins. She just went with the humble route. That's Archie. I, I guess. We don't really know much about Julian. I mean, I guess we know that he's kind of a dick. A lot, but... of, a lot of questions about Julian. I have a lot of All theories. of them start with, was Trevor not available? I know. Or was this a personal thing? Or is it that Julian is like the evil doll? Was that a thing? That is where the name comes from. Right, but was there was no evil in that Julian doll. It was all Penelope living in walls. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you I You watched thought. the movie. What are you talking about? Yeah. Huh. I love that movie. The Boy is such yeah. a good film. Do you see it? No, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Well, now you know the twist. It's not as exciting. Right. Yeah. It was a great film. Uh-huh. It's a great film, John. Just. Jesus. Tired wow. Of, tired of. Dolls? Twists. Oh, see, I'll never be tired of a twist. A good twist. Right. But a bad twist can sour the entire concept. That's true. I played this game called Little Hope. And it okay. was like one of those like narrative games where you're mostly just making decisions for the characters as they go through a story. And it's like think... acted out. Will Poulter's in it. A couple other people. Yeah, I like him. We're like passing the controller back and forth on it. And the entire plot of this game is that uh, some people get into a bus crash. And then they're in this town called Little Hope, and it's really foggy. And when they try to leave through the fog, the fog just directs them back into the town. And then they start encountering visions of the past, Puritans dealing, going through the witch trials, and all oh. the Puritans look like them. And you're like, why is this happening? You don't want that And then, to like, people, well, like a, a woman who was drowned as a witch in the past rises out of the water now as a zombie to kill her doppelganger from the present. And you're like, what is the plot of this thing? Sure. What is going on? How does this all make sense? And, and in the end, it reveals that none of it is real. You are one bus driver who got into a car accident, got a really bad concussion, and has been imagining all of it the entire time. Did he, like, hear a story about this happening, and he, like, imagined it from it? It's, like, in museums in the town. He's from the town. Okay, yeah, I don't love that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't love that. It was all a dream. If it was, like, it was all a dream, but the reason he had that dream was because he, I don't know, it was, like curating that museum for the last 25 years and then like lost his job and i don't know you know what i mean like i feel like there's ways to do the dream thing that's not so much a cop out seems fun though no it wasn't fun Uh, well you know what not a ringing endorsement for little hope no i like that name though sounds like a bar oh let's go to little hope yeah it was the name of a town right they go to cheap cocktails and little hope 
doesn't I mean, would you go to a place called Little Hope? Yeah, for sure. Doesn't it sound like there's not a lot of Oh, like Little Hope. Yeah, man. Right, I see what you're saying. You know, I didn't think of it. I thought it was like Little Hope. Like we have a little hope. Yeah, we don't have a lot of it. I guess. Yeah, but I thought it was like having a little is better than nothing. Oh my god. It was called No Hope. No. This conversation is better than that video game. Well, hey, bummer. Do you want to talk about racism or time travel? Wow, that's a, that's a heavy question. Whatever um, you pick first, yeah. it decides what's second. Let, let's do let's do the racism plot line. Let's do the Emmett Till plot line. That's the one. Yeah. Yes. Another historical event has happened in conjunction with this episode of Riverdale, which I think will be part of the future of the season. Uh, it, it is that the um, what is it? It's the Emmett Till trial has occurred. Yes, yes, and, and the people who got off. Ta- Tony, Tabitha, and a uh, the mysterious new handsome man in the cast. <laughs> you you know the one. You know the one. The mysterious new handsome. There's been man. like there's there's one other guy. This whole episode, this other the they just like keep doing shots of, and he's like I'm also here, and he like he's like making faces like he's hot or something. Yeah, and they do that on the, the one from the Kevin. He, Kevin looks at him in the trailers. Yes, but it's like. That's a new love interest for Kevin. Most I don't know. Is he? I don't Jeez. I think it, I think it, so. Would it be so terrible if we talked to Kevin? Okay, anyway. <laughs> Kevin uh, doesn't uh, get uh, to Tony be Tabitha <laughs> and the mysterious new handsome man get off the bus. They're back in town. Tony wrote an article about Emma Till. And Betty thinks it's remarkable, but the principal can veto stories for the blue and gold. And he's going to veto this story. Yeah. This is a very... I... I appreciated actually how it was handled within the show. I thought it would be a very heavy yeah. thing for them to handle for the, not even for the premiere, but just the fact that the show right. is so heightened or time traveling. I did worry about how it would. Is it cloying? Is it too much? Or not like just the fact that like, it's not that I, I want to be like, oh, we should just not pretend, we should pretend that this didn't happen. I was kind of worried about how it was going to play out with all the time travel and all of that stuff. But I did like the story. I did think it worked. Like, I, the poem I thought was, you know, a nice a nice thing. And it's good that we're not forgetting about this historical moment because I think a lot of people don't know what it is, truthfully. They just released a movie. I know, but who saw it? It's a fair point. You know? I struggle with time travel media where the actual point is like people from the present lecturing people on the past sure and that's what this feels like but the people in the past weren't from the the people who are really dealing with the story don't know they're from the future right but the writers of the show right i see yes are writing it that way what like Oh, this is... Like, none of our characters are bad people in the 1950s. They don't have those wrong prejudices that people had back then. I see what you're They're just as good as you always remember it, and they're fighting those injustices every day. If only they'd done better, which I actually think might be the actual plot of the season of the show. Yes, and I'm actually very interested in seeing how that plays out. I see what you're saying, that there's... Yeah, it's kind of... Yes. And and if, if the plot of this season of the show is fixing America... We watched the season of the show that was saving Riverdale from from not being a town anymore, and it's not like they did a lot of nuts and bolts work. You mean like they didn't? It didn't they just really kind of they no. They just kind of <laughs> all of a sudden at the end of the seasons like, and we're back. We're a town again. We we did it. 
all that hard work. It, Do you remember all the hard work they did to make it a town again? They had to build a diner in another place. I remember that. That was not. That was a separate villain. That was not part of making it a town again. That was a. Oh, that was a sorcerer right. from another. That country. was right. That was Hiram and Hiram building Hiram land, and he disincorporated the town, unincorporated the town, and then there was a fire, and that homeless man died, <laughs> and that was so sad. I'm sorry, it's all brushing back. That's so. That was such a sad thing. Why did that happen that way? Because they were messing with your emotions to make you feel exactly that. My You'd hands. met him two minutes before. <laughs> but they didn't have to. It's a show. Here's the thing. I have this thing where I'm like, I understand that we need drama in a show. I want that. Yeah, I love it. Right. But sometimes we're just like, this is make-believe. <laughs> like, we can make-believe that something better happens. <laughs> That something good happened to that man. Uh That, you know, we got him, you know, a job that he liked and that he was able to put his skills towards. And then somebody maybe found him a place to live and he was able to get back on his feet. And, you know, and it... it That was Chughead. That was Chughead. And, you know, I guess it shouldn't happen for everyone. (laughs) But, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. We should have a system for this, for deciding who's worthy. Yeah. (laughs) Right, right. No, it's just Chughead. No, I'm just kidding. Obviously, I don't believe that in general. But if it is Chughead, I'm just saying I reevaluate some things. The principal (laughs) and the uh, evil English teacher from Stonewall Prep, uh, uh, who's now our English teacher, because only the white man villains are running Mm. the school now, which is clever. Yeah. They agree that Tony's story isn't suitable for publication. The details are too violent for our young, impressionable minds. You know, you want your white people to not understand the violence they're committing when they attack people who are different than them. It is. That's better. It is truly the most. I think I did learn about this in school, but not in a very. uh, I definitely was shown the picture in school. Yeah. I mean, it is really. I think everyone should see it. Unfortunately, the fact that it happened is just absolutely disgusting and awful. But I do think you need to sometimes see those things. Um, but obviously, the point it's of this is not these are bad people. To the George Floyd video getting out. Yes, it, I do think that there is a very obvious parallel there, and maybe that's what they were kind of trying to say here. I one hundred percent think that's the thing they're really trying to comment on with it. I mean, it's a very, it's a heavy plot line for, you know, an obviously, not a silly episode, but a, oh, like. Not a, at all a silly episode. Not a silly episode, but a, um, a heightened episode. I think we're that, back in the I 50s. I think that is one of the other reasons I struggle with it. It's just like, okay, but like, you're Time explicitly, travel. it's not just that we're in the Riverdale 50s. You're explicitly putting this in the actual 50s. Right. With real 50s events. And this show doesn't always exist in the real world. Right. I think, and and yeah. it's easier when it doesn't. So, like, by doing all of that, you you are both lecturing the past and, and I don't know, putting a certain level of scrutiny on yourself that you might not need or want. Yeah, it's tricky because I do think that there was a lot of beautiful moments within this episode. And I don't want to say, oh, it shouldn't have been talked about because it was too complicated. Right, no, of Definitely course. Not, yeah, but... yeah. It's just, it, there is it's something more like, tricky. It's, I, I'm not saying a show should not dedicate a storyline to this. Should this show dedicate a storyline yeah. to this is really my thing. They didn't even handle it badly. I'm just like, if, if, if Roberto's doing this in episode one, are we going to keep doing this in every single episode? They won't all turn out this well. Yeah, I think even if they 
Yeah, I think that is the tricky thing. Like it, it is setting up expectations because a lot of really difficult, awful things happened. Yeah, what are we going to address and what are we going to focus on? Suddenly, we're time traveling. Right. You know, I think I that's think, the issue. I think if this episode is any indication of what the structure of the season could look like, it would be that there will be a storyline that's plot or lore related about the time traveler, whatever, a character storyline like Veronica's thing and a culture shock storyline that is like something about the 50s that a modern audience would yeah. be surprised to learn about that these people are living with it, it could all go great that's the thing it could be fantastic it just it does set you up for expectations that this is a grounded i think that's the issue for me this is a storyline that has to be incredibly grounded and it has to be incredibly honest and it has to be very difficult because it is because this was a very real very horrible thing that I, I don't want to say happened, that people did. That, yeah. Like, people did to another person. Yeah. So if you set that up, you have to kind of keep doing that because now you can't, you can't gloss over anything. You really have to... I don't want to say anything. I'm sure there's, you know, there's so many things that happen that you can't keep up with every single historical event of the 60s or 50s, but you have to, you have to now talk about it. Betty asks her mom and her father, who's back. <laughs> He's back. If they read Tony's article, and they said it's very well written, which is just what the principal also said about the article while yes. he said that they would not be running it. So well written. They're not going to read it on the air. They only get 15 minutes a night, and they can't spend a minute on people who don't look like them. Yeah, it, I really do think that there is something kind of interesting about. I, I liked how they were reacting here because I have a feeling that there are many people who, if you ask them, what were your parents like in the 50s, who maybe were not like outwardly racist people. There are so many people who just don't care to engage. And I yeah. think that's an act of it's like, racism what was the, uh, what was Where does that attitude come from? Not wanting to rock the boat, right? Yes. It's like we were in the 50s doing great as a country you know we had financially and everything it was we were like the world superpower things were going very well they people's parents probably were very wealthy and they might have grown up during like the great depression and they so like, yeah but it's that that's not really you know it, it's no no I, it's not an excuse i'm yeah. just saying why they're like even if they might have thought they should it is also like if i do that I would be the only person doing that and I would be scared of losing a sponsor. Right, in this case, the Blossoms, yeah. they don't know. They didn't check. They wouldn't ask. Yeah, they they also don't... I think it's also fair to say that people don't... They did not care enough. No, absolutely you know? not. They, like, they, they definitely weren't... They didn't want to risk anything. Exactly. That. That's the thing. And I think that's an interesting thing as opposed to... Like, I'm kind of happy that we didn't necessarily see, like, cartoonishly racist... Um, Hal and Alice Cooper because I mean we know that you know Hal Cooper is like literally a serial killer like maybe it's like we don't we know that there are bad people who are outwardly bad that every single person except for the most extreme bigots can point to and be like oh like you are a racist yeah but here it's like well they are racist but they're not outwardly you know saying saying anything quote unquote racist they're just doing nothing they're in action as Betty kind of makes it you know she knows this yeah and I think that's kind of cool. Betty apologizes to Tony. Tony's like, I know, it's hard. 
Emmett Till's mother demanded an open casket to force people to look at him to confront what happened to him. And Tony has pictures, has copies of the pictures at home. And Betty's like, can I put those on TV? And then she turns to the CW censors and they're like, nah. Yeah. But you can imply its existence. Because they are rough pictures. Yeah, it's an incredibly disturbing Incredibly disturbing, that's all. Yeah. So Betty decides she's going, after looking at the pictures, she's going to publish the article, Consequences Be Damned. Tony has another idea. They're going to read a poem during the morning announcements. And Tony asks Betty to introduce her to Cheryl because she's like, I don't know, Cheryl. She and I, I don't think we'd really <laughs> click. I can't see myself going over to her house for long periods of time. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you might ask, will it be hard to convince Cheryl to help? No, it's super easy. Barely an inconvenience. They just say please. So Cheryl, I I think this is an interesting thing because I'm happy that Cheryl, as for all, you know, she seems awful, but she's not awful. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to tell. It's another one of those things where it's like her attitude towards Veronica and like Veronica's stuff about sexuality and stuff feels like that's describing a character. And then this storyline this decision could be read as at odds with that character but you could also read it as like she just looked at tony for the first time and was like i'll help yeah she's like i love you (laughs) i would have been cool if they played it that way i think also though i think that what you were saying before about the is is cheryl closeted or is this a do a new character who like actually is like straight you know she bristles immediately at James Dean was by yeah. all that. I think that's yeah. Also, probably... tell me you're not manifesting it again. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course. Do right. I have to restart? Obviously. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> okay. restart it. Yeah. It is weird how good I am at this. What was the other one we were talking about? Was it you? The show you? Uh, uh, oh. Where I was like, I don't really want it to be like a, he's crazy and this is all yes. his head thing. Is, and then so. season four was like, no, huh? <laughs> What did she say? What did she say? <laughs> Look at her. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. That one I did say, I, I would say that I didn't want it either, but it made sense. You know, you know, if they hadn't split that season up, you might not have guessed it before it happened. I think I would have, but I wouldn't have had time because I would have been watching it so fast. It is also like a yeah. thing you guess regardless on shows. And like, it's we're only talking happened. about the time when it happens for real. But like, yeah, I'm sure there's been times you guessed that and it wasn't true. I'm trying to think if there was. I feel like there probably was. I mean, there was a lot of stuff actually with Riverdale where it's like, is this in Jughead's head? Is this a dream? That's what Jughead asks near the end of this episode. Yeah. He has yeah. a moment where be like, did I imagine the 2020s? Imagine? Tabitha pretends to pass out somewhere too expensive to film. Cool. So we go into the office where the old lady in the office is like, Tabitha's passed out. And they're like, you go get her, girl. And then uh, the other girls join forces. And Tony reads out a Langston Hughes poem called Mississippi 1955. I, re- I didn't know it. I remember in uh, elementary school, Langston Hughes was like weirdly like a very popular poet huh. for us to read. Elementary school kids love Langston Hughes? I guess so. Yeah, famously. <laughs> I read a lot of poetry when I was like in elementary school, so I did know Langston Hughes. I don't know if I really recall this poem specifically being read. I'm sure it was. Featherhead brings the girls in. Tabitha tells them that she felt bad, but then she felt better. Cheryl promises this won't happen again. He asks them, what do you think you accomplished? 
Meanwhile, the teacher asks her class to discuss the poem. So something, for sure, definitely. Uh, Made Archie angry, made others upset and hopeless. White kids confront racial injustice for the first time in their lives. And the teacher asks the students of color to share their experiences. It's all very good. It's a very good moment. Yeah, it's uh, it was a nice. I thought this was a nice storyline for whatever place it has in the show. You know, will remains to be seen, but it worked out. Yeah, yeah. So now I have to talk about what the fuck is going on. Yeah, so, yeah. So also, by the way, guys, they're in the fifties. So they do a Happy Days intro, which is very fun, especially the bit at the it's end cute. where Jughead's looking around like, hey, that, "What is this?" <laughs> that was by far my favorite thing I think in the episode. <laughs> It's 1955. They're playing rock around the clock. Burgers cost 30 cents. Comics are a dime. Novels are a quarter. Can you imagine? You could live like a king. I was thinking about that. I was like, wow. Like, what is that? 19... Oh, my God. 11-22-63. Yes, where he goes... The diner guy buys all of his meat from the past. Yes. That's also probably really good for the environment. Yeah, I'm sure. It's great. You're using the same cows every time. Exactly. It is two days after season six. You know how you waited nine months for this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no time has passed at all. This is going to roll a lot better for the Netflix crowd. Jughead really doesn't know what to make of what is happening right now. He lives in an abandoned train car. No parents. No one cares. They don't They don't exist. Yeah. Huh. Betty and Kevin are dating. That was weird. Cheryl's brother is Julian. Yeah. I, I truly, truly do not know if we're supposed to make anything of that or if it was like a con a contract thing or what happened there. But this guy's Julian and that's 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 her yeah. brother. Yeah, it's weird. I don't get used to him, right? Right? This guy's a goner. I like him, but I have a I have a theory about this, so I bet we'll get some Trevor Science ghost action yeah, again before the season I ends. Hope so. And she'll be like, That guy's my brother. Yeah, wait, no, I feel a much stronger connection. <laughs> Reggie, he's not even here. Archie, completely unchanged. <laughs> Archie never really knew what time it was anyway, did he? So, no. I'll do respect. Jughead needs Tabitha, but when he sees Tabitha again, she doesn't know him. But she does appreciate his offer for help in any way. After a class, a science teacher randomly mentions that Bailey's Comet is coming, and he's like, oh no, it's coming back. And he's like, yeah, in two years. This is your final season. Calm down. That is bad timing, though. It's like he has to go through... The 50s? Uh, graduate He's got to graduate school? high school and start college. Wow. Yeah, that's not great. Archie says seeing Veronica was like getting hit by a thunderbolt. Shazam! So you know which superhero he likes. Is it Shazam? Yeah, well, he was called Captain Marvel back then. Oh, interesting. Cool. But that is era-appropriate comic book modifieds. Hmm. Uh, he's got a nowhere with a bike, so he's sneaking out of his car. Archie is talking to Jughead and he's like, have you seen my dad's hammer? And Jughead's like, your dad's hammer's in the time capsule. I, I would just think, oh man, we're losing another one. Jughead is going crazy. It's a bummer. But then he finds the time capsule. Yeah. So a time capsule, they... They buried it in Buried year. in their senior year, which was seven years before 2021, which is Oof. 2020. Um... Um, right? That was their graduation year? Well, it was very confusing, but I think so. Yeah. So that time capsule is here now in the past, which is all very lost time travel where nothing makes sense. Yeah. No one was thinking about it that hard. Could, yeah. <laughs> Could this prove the truth to his friends? He shows the entire cast their time capsule items. And they're like, what is this? They don't recognize him. <laughs> Veronica's like, these props are mid. (laughs) 
Kevin doesn't know what Hedwig and the Angry Inch is. An inch of what? That was hilarious. Oh, Kevin. <laughs> oh, Kevin. Jughead explains the plot hook of the entire season. He's like, no, but like, we are from the future, but we're in the past, but we don't remember it, and I remember it. We need to get to the future. I think if my friend told me this and I felt like they were being serious, I'd be like, we need to get that that man mental health. That's what help. that's what Archie does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, his beanie isn't there. Uh, they ask what the future is like, and he gets bogged down talking about smartphones, the internet, dumb move. <laughs> uh, he explains all their time jump jobs. He's like, oh, and Kevin, you, you. We're not friends. I don't know you. <laughs> Wait, what What does he say? He's like, he's like, you directed some plays and you joined a cult. Yeah. That's, yeah. Kevin's probably like internally being like, oh God, thank God. I did something. Someone gave me something to do. And then and then when they're like, well, how would we even undo things? Jughead's like, all right, the only way to do it is we got to get Archie and Betty to make out on Archie's bed. And then we blow up a bomb right beneath them. And that's when Archie says, okay, bud, let's go for a walk. <laughs> and then Jughead says an incredible line. This might have been an ad lib. Please don't beat me up. You're so violent in the future. <laughs> I guess he is. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> pretty yeah. And Archie's like, I'm fighting crime. And then punches that's you in the true. stomach. That's true. I kind of forgot that he went a little fascist. You forgot about the time. He, he fought crime twice on two separate occasions. Yeah. Yeah. Archie Archie got real intense. I like this version Actually, of Archie. Because then he got superpowers. Anyway, Archie advises <laughs> Jughead to stop. It sounds crazy, and we don't want to bring the Sisters of Quiet Mercy back into this show. Please. Please, this is a one. Please, last season. (laughs) Life is good. Let's live it. He's like, cool. I'm not really that concerned about your mental health freakout in this. Don't believe in it. Yeah, no. Don't don't believe in it. (laughs) Tabitha checks back in with Jughead. She tells him she's going on a nationwide tour with Emmett Till's mother and the NAACP. But she'll need somebody in the school to help keep her up to speed. He says, awesome. I mean, swell. So awesome isn't a term. So does this mean that Tabitha is, is not coming back? Or does this just mean Tabitha as... Well, we have a second Tabitha as a right. treat. Yeah, yeah, we do. But I got questions about this. But anyway. Jughead wonders if the future was the dream. And that's when Tabitha sits down with him. Not... Not 50s Tabitha, but as he explains, guardian angel Tabitha who can time travel. <laughs> yeah, so she is an adult, and he is a child. It is also like, <laughs> oh, in the time travel, Tabitha is now the same age as us, and not right. years older than us. Right. Weird. He asks for her help before he is committed, uh, and she tells him she can't take them home. They did not succeed. All that power in Cheryl, she did all Scarlet Witch, and she did nothing. <laughs> Did An extinction-level event occurred. Riverdale is gone in the future, and so is the planet. So Tabitha had a plan B. Let's see if you can follow this. She uh, used her life force to send everybody to the past to gain enough runway to do better. But that's... And she has to untangle time now. Yeah. That's nothing. What? Well, that makes no sense. But... Are you saying... What? <laughs> so is she saying, send everybody to the past, they'll be safe there. And then we're going to wait it out until 50, 70 years? Great question. Yeah. She's she's like, we got to have enough runway to solve this. Also, you can't remember. Right. Then no one's working on it. Unless she's going to be the new narrator. Right. But her plan, she uses a quote, everybody has to stay in the 50s and ensure, quote, the moral arc of the universe bends towards justice. I love this quote. Who says that? I think it's Martin Luther King said, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. In this case, 
you know, 70 plus years is when she's hoping we get justice. I think she literally means for the town of Riverdale in this case to be to defeat Percival. Right. So basically it's like she sits down and Jughead asks, hey, what are the writers doing? And she's like, <laughs> they're kind of making it up as they go along. You're going to have to get comfortable. We got 20 episodes this season. We're in no rush to answer these questions and get you back to the present. The CW executive wanted you guys to be in high school. Right. We, this so. show is kind of filling a major gap on the CW until they like actually produce some new shows with whatever this channel is going to be moving forward. So we're just going to wait it out. You know, Just be a good show. You know, Moral arc. <laughs> be a good show. It is, can I just say? Yeah. I have noticed that I have less TV in my life recently. That's so crazy. And it is directly because the CW canceled all of its shows. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. My 65-year-old ass needs my CW teen dramas. <laughs> right. And they don't exist anymore. All my superhero shows, the fantasy ones, they're just gone. Shut it's <laughs> The whole channel is Riverdale, Superman and Lois, Gotham Knights, Kung oh. Fu and All American now. And All American Homecoming. You're right. There's two All Americans. My dad was on one of them. So <laughs> never forget. Never forget. Yeah, my dad is an actor <clears throat> now. <laughs> He's like, imagine John if you actually were 65 and like you just never. What do you mean imagine? <laughs> it's true. John, John, I have a birthday coming up. It's big yeah, 66. In the big 66. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, it's crazy. The CW, the average CW viewer is like 65. With us, yeah. So crazy. So crazy. We thought we were alone. <laughs> so she uh, wipes Jughead's memory with a kiss. Ugh. And he's just standing there smooching the air. Yeah, that, so she was never really there. He no, was talking he, to himself. He just had a concussion this whole time. Crazy. He runs off to write down his memories before they slip away, but all he gets is bend towards justice, which I, you should have written down iPhone. That could have been so <laughs> useful down the line. Right, right. Or like some sort of, I don't know, like World Series win, <laughs> something. You know, we've Your seen. book? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Wow. I'm glad he's no longer concerned about that. <laughs> then he sees a hat. Oh. A weird hat. For weirdos. Can you imagine oh somebody always wearing that hat? That's weird. That's weird. Crazy. So and that's the end of the episode. Wow. That was crazy. So John, what what uh wow. What an episode. <laughs> wow. 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 What what an episode. What a season. What a season so far. So we have decided to come up with new super superlatives, superlatives, I wanna say, but that's not right. Superlatives. We have best in fifties. Which is a person who looks the best in their 50s little outfits. Oh, they're fun little fashions in the 50s. They're fun little fit. Which are, fun which are like not fashions. even straight up 50s fashions. We were talking about them. They're they're yeah. clearly doing some some fun to make them more fun and modern. But like, you know, Cheryl's got no sleeves. That's not really a 50s thing. You know, mid-century, you know, costume right. designer stuff. Right. Whatever they're doing with Tony's hair, I assume it's a wig. But I just really have very fun this season. I love bangs. Yeah. And I love a headband. Mm-hmm. And I think that was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so well, we have that. And then we have best boy and or girl in Riverdale. No, I'm sorry, not and. Best boy or girl in Riverdale. Right. And then we also have the third one, which is, hey, you're back. Hey, look who's back. Hey, look who's back. We have two. Hey, who look who's back from this season. Yes. So we, of course, have the principal, Principal Featherhead, who was back in season three. He was the warden at Juvie who made Archie fight in an empty pool. Never forget. Teen Fight Club. That's right. 
And then we also had uh, Dr. Frederick Werthers, who was the same teacher of Jughead's in season four, who was the guy who stole his book from Jughead's grandfather. <gasps> Fucked up. Bad guys. Bad, Bad guys guy. are running the world in the 50s. Yes. These white men. No Hiram Lodge this episode. Unclear if we're going to get any Hiram Lodge this season. We are, I think, because I saw a little tweet. He's, of course, busy now because they finally just bit the bullet and made live with Kelly and whoever. It's just live with Kelly and her husband, Mark Consuelos. Wait, so is that forever? That's forever. That's that's the, that's going to be moving forward. Yeah, he's hosting live with Kelly now. I love that for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So, so he's, he's got a job now. Keep it in the face. I actually really, like, why do they keep coming up with fun concepts for Hiram now? You yeah. Know? First... <laughs> <laughs> like he could have been it first actor. he was a painting and now he's like he's like a fun fun what's that guy's name from i love lucy desi something yeah desi arnaz yeah he's yeah. like come on i know that's very fun that's a great you're killing me marisol's still in it doing the hermione she, voice she's doing it i think he's definitely coming back from what i saw mm-hmm. i think fingers crossed yeah and then we got we got we got lachlan you know yeah, but he's like back. he's not as yeah not as big uh yeah i guess Julian's not back. He's new. Yeah. Who's your Who's your pick for fifties fashion? Oof. Um, if you have to pick one, I liked Veronica's outfit. I thought it was fun, and it was like kind of like like pinup girl Betty Page vibe. Right. I thought it was fun. Yeah. Um. Everybody looked good. You know who didn't really stand out? Betty's outfits. I was kind of hoping she that, was just blue. You know. Yeah. I was kind of hoping she would have like a little bit more fun. I wish I liked uh, Archie's new haircut more. I kind of like because it's like dorky. It's like my least favorite of all of his. He's like a little dork. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. And my best boy. Or girl. Sure. Best bo- It's the 50s, so it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just more fun to say best boy. It's not really anything sexist. I'm sorry. No, I totally. I, I feel that. I, I think Tabitha, though. I think Tony. Tony also, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that whole little group of people who read the poem definitely really deserve it but i think tabitha because i think tabitha both versions of her did some good shit this season you know like she saved the world so that's important and then the other one is now going to do activism so you know that's important (laughs) it's a little bit of a cheat yeah i'm like yeah she saved the world i mean she says she saved the world (laughs) she she did kind of she says she it sounds like she didn't though well, she kind of made them not die. So I don't know if she saved the world as much as she made them be not dead. Right, right. Though it does seem like a crazy thing. There's a new Midge this season. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Well, we, we know Midge is busy doing a, a show that we, That's right. That's that we right. can't speak that, about. You know, it might even be on television at some point. Who's I, to say? Honestly. <laughs> All right, so here we are in the rumor mill. What do you, what do you, what do you, what are you thinking? Oh man, it's so, so, okay. So my theory, it's not really a theory as much as I would like this to happen. I would like for Julian to be like evil or something and have him be like secretly the reason this is all happening just because I think that would be kind of fun, but I don't know if that's actually going to happen or if that's just like a wish. Um, yeah, I don't really, my, my question, less of a theory is will the 50s start breaking down in some way Allah don't worry darling how like will they will they ever see the cracks in the facade if it is a facade like that's the other thing we don't really know if this is because because the thing that I guess I keep getting tripped on is we don't know if it's a facade because 
it seems very straightforward in the 50s, except that these characters clearly were not alive. They're not playing their ancestors. Right. They're playing... Their whole world got transported back in time. Right. So it's not... It can't possibly be the actual 50s in a way. So will there be a supernatural cracking of the facade, glitching, if you will? Or is it going to be like... Almost like they... Like their lives are magically transformed in a way. I don't know. I have a theory. Please. I think this might be a situation where, like, the moral arc thing, I think, will literally mean, like, we're spending a season fighting the injustices of the past. Sure. And trying to almost change destiny in a way where it's not just destiny for our characters, but it's like trying to change America. If, like, 11-22-63, time fights back... They have set themselves up for a thing where you, you you hit the reset on the whole show. Which means all of your villains are back on the table. Sure. And so they could do... I mean, we haven't seen, I guess, Cheryl's dad. But you could put Julian in the ground all of a sudden and be like, oh no, it's happening again. Right? Yeah. This time, I think I've pitched that before. I That works a lot better if Jughead knows and be like, it's the same but different. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It feels like Hal being around again is like an opportunity to finally do some good Black Hood nonsense. Yeah. like for, Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at is like, if, if, they, if it starts breaking down in some way, not glitches, but like using the lore of the show against them. Well, that kind of happened in the the episode with the bomb, the Jughead Paradox. Right. So that was, like, the idea. Like, it would have been kind of cool if they did that for You're the right. whole season. They did do that, yeah. But, like, some... But I don't know if it'll it's happen. the only idea I got. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it'll happen right away. That's my question. I I'm was like, kind of disappointed they didn't set up whatever the threat would be in this first episode, you know? Right. It didn't end with a body being found or anything. Well, it does seem like we were just going to spend some time in high school for a while. And I don't hate that. But I kind of wish that we had... Um, what I kind of would have liked is if there was at the end of the episode a, a little flash forward that was like kind of how, you know, in the first episode of Riverdale, it was like at the end of the episode, it was like, and by Tuesday, the first arrest was made. If we had it book ended with something like, oh... Yeah, we thought everything was good and that the world was bending toward justice, but we didn't know that right. in three weeks, the worst thing that ever happened was going to happen. Like, something crazy like that. It's been too long since I've seen the last episode of Riverdale for this episode to be this chill. Yeah, it is a chill. Yes, it's very chill. I need some reason to be like, I gotta come back next week. And I did not quite get it i will say john we do have a podcast i know why i'm here every week <laughs> you're like i have to do you this. know how long ago i would have stopped watching this show well thank you for staying with it for me yeah so i think that it's also it does feel different from every single episode of river not just the pilot not just see i don't think that's true i think the this premiere? i think everything in this episode could have happened in modern day Oh, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I think that this premiere feels different from other premieres because it doesn't set up the mystery oh. of the season. 
I mean, we have Why I mean, Are We in the I, 50s? I guess, but, like, but we, I, I mean, we could talk about that. The season four premiere with Archie's dad was, like, not one that set up the plot of the season. And oh, the season well, yeah. five premiere is actually, like, the third from last episode of season four. Yes. Well, there's been some weird breaks, too, so maybe I'm misremembering. But I do think... I remember distinctly there was, like, the Griffins and Gargoyles one, where it was, like, weird shit with yeah. that. And it was the Black Hood. It was, like, you kind of saw... Yeah. That there was like something that was going to be the engine of this season, and I also think the fact and that no, no, the time travel is the engine of this season. But I'm just kind of like, I would love more direction. Yeah, it was also like, uh, yeah, it's like, how are we going to do this? It's like if we can achieve these five different things, even like then we'll be able to go back. But we kind of also already know why the time travel happened. No, we don't. well, <laughs> well, I think they're just like believe it. It's yeah, fine. no, like, I, listen, <laughs> I play D&D. This logic is barely held together by, sure. by duct Threads. tape and chicken scratch. Yeah, so I think that it's like, but it's not like I have no idea why we're here. You know why we're here. Tabitha said, she explained it. Did it make sense? Not yeah, really. No, she didn't. That well, was, yeah, she didn't, but no. like, we're supposed to accept it, I guess. <laughs> like, it's not like a, she has no idea why we're here. Like, if she came in and she was like, something happened, I don't know what it is. Right. And then we could be like, oh, Percival put you in the 50s because like XYZ later on. But that's not what we have. So so I think the mystery is going to be how we get back. But also I think we're just going to fuck around here for a while. I just don't know how excited I am to spend 20 episodes in 1955. I have a feeling we're going to only spend 10. Mid-season finale, we're going to go back. That's my thought. Like it's going to be... I think it's going to be at least 10 episodes. It's not going to be 20. So... But I'm excited to see... I want to meet Julian. I want to hang out with Julian. I want to... Because I think I want a, a little bit of fresh blood. That sounded very weird the way I phrased it. But like I want something fresh. And he feels fresh. I don't know. Yeah. Also, where's Fangs? Have you, I, seen, have you seen him on elsewhere. anything else? I um, guess is my question. He's not... I think I saw him in promotional images for this season of Riverdale. Okay, well then he's coming back. Yeah. That's good. Probably with his adult son. I don't know. He is. God, this show got so crazy. <laughs> so, well, John, we're watching Riverdale, but what else are you watching? <sighs> okay, there's, there's this... There's, come here. There's this movie. Is this it's fan? about Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, do you like that? I'm I'm a fan. Okay. <laughs> we are recording this the weekend this movie comes out. Now ask me if I'm going to see this movie this weekend. Are you going to see it? No. No. Doesn't that suck? Oh, because you don't want I to? I want to see it with my party, with my Dungeons Dragons party. Oh. But. They're busy. They're kind of hard to wrangle. You know, one of, one of them's got a kid, one of them has got Aww. jobs, they got busy. And we man- managed to find time this weekend to play D&D. So I got to play D&D instead of watching D&D. I think that's a fair trade. And then trade. I'll try to schedule as soon as possible a chance to see this movie that I'm delighted to hear is getting good reviews. Yeah, it looks fun. Holy shit. It looks really fun. I'm really into like adventure movies in general that so are not... So straightforward too. Yes. That's... Why does everything need to be an epic, you know? Yes. I like the idea of, oh, we're having... Because there's another movie that I was like, oh, oh, kind of like Detective Pikachu. Yeah. You know, Detective Pikachu is not like an action movie. It's no. like a fun adventure movie. Yeah. And I saw that and I was like, one, Justice Smith, I am obsessed. Mm. I love them. And Catherine Newton, love. Perfect casting. Put them in every single movie together. Oh, Great. okay. Interesting. Um, but I just felt like that movie was like such a fun adventure and I feel like we miss that. Yeah. You know? It's, uh, you know, my... I, I was talking to my friend about it. He thinks it just looks terrible. The Dungeons and, movie? Yeah. Oh. Uh, and oh, and, oh, and I was like, what? 
Uh, and <laughs> John cried. I was like, I don't know, what are you talking about? And uh, his his reference point for what it reminded him was what reminded him of was a movie called Your Highness. Yes, I. Well, that that was like a pot smoking medieval movie. That's not, exactly. No. But he his favorite was Lord of the Rings. Okay. And he sees any he sees the irreverence of D and D, and that makes him think it's going to be like a pot smoking dragons movie. Yeah. And like the the tone of D and D is such a unique mix of irreverence and genuine heartfelt emotion. Yeah. Of like they don't all talk like fantasy characters in Lord of the Rings because you're probably playing someone who lives in the Lord of the Rings world and has and it's been the Lord of the Rings world for a very long time. And so they're going to talk a little bit more like just a regular person with regular person problems. Sure. But then your emotional journey can be just as earned as anything else in that. Yeah, yeah I think it looks fun. Like it wouldn't be like, oh, I need to go see it now because I don't have like a personal connection to it. But if people were going to see it, I'd be like, yeah, I'd go. I am not... I'm trying to think of movies that I've seen recently. Well, I really liked the Emily Bronte movie called Emily that nobody else has seen. I thought that was really good. What is it? It's called Emily. It's no, a, I got that. Yeah. Oh, you just a joke. No, what is it though? <laughs> oh, it's about Emily Bronte, the author of Wuthering Heights. Uh-huh. Um, but it's like a... It's not a biopic. It's kind of like a... Like a retelling. It's kind of like Spencer, the movie about Princess Diana. Like kind of like a fairy tale about her life. And that's what this, I think, is for Emily Bronte. Super good. Um, but I'm watching now Yellow Jackets. I've not seen the second episode of the second I season. I the second episode also. Okay, good. So we're on the same page. We're eating people. We're eating people, but... It's finally happening. I, I have some theories about it. Uh, spoilers... They there is an act of cannibalism. Can we talk about my favorite character on the show? Oh, who's your favorite character? Misty? Jeff. Jeff. Oh, Cut I love my Jeff. life into pieces. That was amazing. This is my last reason. I fucking love Jeff also, actually. That's so funny. And I told Ian Ian does not get why I like Jeff. And I was like, because he's such a dork. Jeff is I he reminds me of the husband from Orphan Black, also. Yes. Uh, where yeah. it's like you are so trained on dramas like this to be like, husband's an asshole, husband's yeah. bad, husband problem. And then these husbands turn out to just be like golden retrievers. <laughs> right, right. Or just like, oh, we got to do another bad thing? All right, let's just, let's just do it. I love you so much. You're my wife. Like, that's the energy they have. Well, like, spoilers for Yellow Jackets, obviously. But like, yeah, he did do the bad thing in the first season. But his motive... He didn't cheat on her. No, he didn't cheat on her. But he did, you know... He, he wasn't trying to hurt her. Right. He came up with a plan that was stupid and dangerous, but he didn't realize how stupid or dangerous it was. Mm-hmm. And so even though it was his fault, it was like, you can't blame him. Mm-hmm. Not really. And yeah. I love that. And then my least favorite character is Melanie Linsky's daughter, oh, who I'm constantly like, Donna. maybe you should get a season out in the wilderness fighting for your life. Because <laughs> like, I can't, I can't with this shit anymore. I don't really know how you would like live knowing that that was your mom. Like, I would just be like, Well, apparently you're a a dick about everything. And that's the the best way to tell your mom how you feel. You're like, what if I make every moment hell? She has to go to Stonewall Prep and straighten out. I No, I think she needs to be dropped from a plane in the middle (laughs) of the woods for a winter. Just for one winter. One winter, you know? You'll come back with some new priorities. I guess, John. okay, so you, were you an Eagle Scout or were you a Boy Scout or both? I'm an Eagle Scout. Okay, so could you survive? The hunting is where my skill set falls apart. In that you just can't... Fu- to, never... to find and hunt game with traps 
or weapons or anything. I no, incapable of doing that. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Dead. God, even to do like Dead of Winter without good supplies would be a huge fucking challenge. Yeah, yeah. dude. I don't I I cannot tell you I feel so confident to be like, yeah, let's do it. But yeah, no, we're not going to I think you, I would worry. have better odds than most, but, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I will say they're very lucky that they found a cabin. Like, without the cabin. Who built that cabin, man? That man in the closet. The or friggin- the, not in the closet, in the attic. And Lonnie, I have had it. I've had it. The only problem I had with season with the, with the season two premiere is being like, I don't know how he had that vision. I can't explain that away rationally. Yeah. But I don't want to give Lottie the benefit of believing she has superpowers. So you're also team they shouldn't have superpowers or she, don't? I just... I, my, I, that, I mean, yeah. my interpretation from season one was pretty clearly she's just imagining shit because she got a concussion. And then she's just yeah. like, yeah, I'm magic. I, I'm. She's manifesting stuff. She's choosing to believe stuff. There are coincidences. That's how I feel. And that's how I hope it is. I think that's I think they, true. they I, hopefully they'll never make us decide one way or the other and it'll be like a faith versus belief Oof. thing. Man, that's hard. I I know people love that. I really like concrete answers. Yeah, I remember I wrote that one script where I didn't reveal who the killer was and oh, they were yeah. like, I need to know. Yeah, I But man, it doesn't matter. I know that's what everyone says. I disagree. It matters to me. I understand conceptually that there are no right answers because it's all made up but i do like to know what the author's intent usually is what if the author's intent is to have you choose it's hard for me but i guess that is their intent so i'm a little bit less mad about it um i do hope though that it's not supernatural i don't think it's supernatural and i think it's a better show if it's not yeah because it's a better show if it's like a, a group psychosis Though I can't really explain Taisa's behavior. <laughs> like, I know she was traumatized by her grandma, but I'm like, why are you acting like a little tree elf or something? I cannot believe you brought another dog into your home. I know, that's what I said. I was like, yeah, get you that dog it, that, And then you, like, the dog's, like, in the basement looking at what happened to your previous dog. Was, and you're like, it's not going to happen to you. Get him out of there. <laughs> also, she's not nearly horrified enough about her past behavior. I was like, She sees and she's like, oh, damn, again? <laughs> and her yeah. wife is like, stay away from our son. That was so great. That was such a yeah, great Yeah, she thing. came in with an intensity. Because that's how I would be. I'd be like, no, get the fuck away from me. No. My friend, my, the others, when we started watching it, just got so annoyed that they suddenly had new girls in the cabin. Oh, that was they're hilarious. Like, Who are these people? I'm no. like, they're the background actors. What do you want? But <laughs> Lost did lo- this all the time. I loved how they were like, they kind of gaslit us into believing they were there the whole time. And I was like, I guess these are the people I forgot about. Right. Oh, right. Them. The cur- musical theater girl. Yeah, I'm curious if we go back, if, if there are... People who at least look like them. Right. If they're not the also, same actors. Also, it was like the moment when Melanie Linsky and her husband go to Adam's loft to like find stuff. I'm like, call Misty. What are you doing? Yeah. That Misty was... would have done this for you. There was there was not the way the way to go also. It's like, I understand the concept of we got to make sure that there's nothing tying me there. But you know what's going to tie you there? If they find your DNA. Your tire prints. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, or you just skulking around this thing. So. Anyway, that's Yellow Jackets. That's Yellow Jackets. <laughs> Yapping about Yellow Jackets. <laughs> yeah. Dependently, right at the end of Riverdale Register's episodes during the season of Yellow Jackets. Chatted about Yellow Jackets. I love it. Yapping makes more sense, I guess, because they're both lies. So we... Where can they find you? Well, for now, I guess you can find me on Twitter at Riley Tweets, R-E-I-L-L-Y Tweets. And if you see that blue check mark, you it's know... It's real. It's real. 
And I don't know why they're not getting rid of it. They keep saying things and then they don't. Um, and then we're at the Riverdale Register podcast on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. Yeah. yeah. And John, are you anywhere? Yeah. I'm a, I, I, I started a TikTok. If you're interested in the vibes of Bob Ross making Dungeons and Dragons maps, that's kind of what I'm going for over there. So not a lot of me yelling about pop culture. Is there a... What a nice change of pace. Is there a name for your TikTok? Oh, shit, I don't know, dude. <laughs> Why does anyone do apps on your phones? Why do I feel like an old man now? You're 65, John. I think that's why. That's right. It's because I'm 65 It's because you're 65. Old. It's only expected. Should we log off? <laughs> I would love to end this episode. Okay. Well, John, over and out, River Vixens. No, I feel like... We, we got to do better we than that. We got to do better than that. Okay, John. So we'll see you all next week. More 50s drama. More cute outfits for veronica and potentially other people anyway guys thank you for sticking with us it is going to be a crazy season over and out river vixens